You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. I'm Leslie. I'm one of the leaders here. Um, I run Revive and I have the privilege of continuing today what Tony started last week. Um, Tony started his with... um, Breaking up is hard to do. So I thought, well, got to follow that. So actually, mine's going to be singing in the rain. Woo, 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 woo. But I'm not going to start it. And I thought maybe I should have got an umbrella. But if it's got any name to it, it's singing in the rain. Amen. So just to recap on Hosea 10, verse 12, it says, Sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. So this fits in with what we've been looking at earlier on in the year with Chronicles. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will heal their land. It's God's promise to work through us to heal the land, to heal this nation, to heal this city, to heal people. Because he has a big vision for the world that he created. So breaking up your fallow ground is a biblical metaphor for repenting from sinfulness, clearing our hearts of weeds, the pride, the things that get in the way, the disappointment, and preparing our minds and spirits to receive the seed of righteousness, the seed of his word. It means to plough up the uncultivated or unproductive parts of our life, to sow in righteousness and mercy and let God's love soak into us. Hence, singing in the rain. Basically, it's a call to seek the Lord and his reign of blessing. Isaiah outlines three stages in Hearts Renewal. The first one is heart preparation. That's what God's about at the moment, preparing our hearts for the revival we've been praying about. It's no good just praying about it if we're not prepared to change into the people that he needs us to be. And then it's prayer. But with that softened heart, our prayers will be so much more effective because we will know God, we'll know his compassion, we'll know his heart So therefore, we can have prayers that prevail, that affect the powers and principalities. And then spiritual revival, spiritual reign. But we must understand that it's only out of hearts that have been plowed deep that precedes the kind of prayer that brings that revival. A heart that's been softened by seeking God, softened by his presence, that then leads us into repentance, holiness. Revival starts with me. And I've often heard that, and I've often said it, and I'm really beginning to realize it. Revival starts with me. It doesn't start with me praying somebody else will do something. It doesn't start with me just saying, God, act. It starts with me having my heart changed into the likeness of Jesus by his spirit, that I can pray those prevailing prayers, that I can affect powers and principalities, that I know we can have the victory because of Jesus. Amen?
So the first one is heart preparation. Sowing righteousness. We often think that sounds such a sowing righteousness. I go to church on Sunday, of course I sow righteousness. No, that's what I used to think as well before I really gave my heart to God. So it's an urge to return to the practice of good words, living by godly principles, justice and charity towards one another, holy lives, lives that don't have sin. It's a hard calling. But that's what God's urging us to do, because if he's going to want his Holy Spirit dwelling in me, he wants it to be clean. He wants it to be a house, a temple where he is prepared and wanting to dwell. Amen. If I thought you looked a bit worried at the start, I think you look a bit more worried now. Oh, dear. Don't worry. It's only four pages. Oh, my goodness. There we go. Psalm 89 opens with the word. I will sing of your steadfast love forever. The song we sang today, some of the songs are so much about God's love. Thank you, Tim and the musicians. God's love is where it starts. God's love let Jesus die on the cross because of his love for us, because of his love for me. And in Hosea, if you read the chapter, I urge you to do so. God's love is portrayed through Hosea. He was the prophet that wrote it marriage to an unfaithful wife that's the best way that god could sort of picture his feelings of what israel was doing his people were like an unfaithful wife they followed idols they had unrighteous living and practices but he still loved them he just had such a heart for them and he had to watch them go off and do all these abominations as he called it and his heart was broken However, he always had a plan, and his heart has always been to bring and restore his people to him. But in the book of Hosea, he shows the extent of his love for Israel, his love then and now. He always offered them and us a new start, and it's referred to as covenant love. And betrothed, it's not a word we use these days. You might find it in a Dickens novel. Betrothed. It's not one we hear very often, is it? But actually, it has such a wonderful meaning. It speaks about marriage. But betrothal is a formal arrangement. It's not just about getting married. But it's a formal arrangement to last the lifetime of the individuals involved. So God will love his people forever. Ever, ever, ever. Alpha to Omega, beginning to the end. God has made a covenant with us, his people, because of the blood of Jesus. That was his formal arrangement. Amen. But you know what that love brings? It brings a relationship that brings contentment. And this is what we sang about this morning. Safety, security, and peace. Wow, that is a relationship I'm in with God, and actually my husband, generally. <laughs> Peace, contentment, safety, security, and comfort that I know who I am, I know who I belong to. Wow, isn't God good? Yes, that's God's promise for marriage as well. 
Yeah, we make mistakes. But what did God prove in Hosea? doesn't matter how bad a mistake people make. He'll always restore them. He can always restore them. Okay. So last week, Tony covered about an, um, breaking up and plowed ground. Areas of our lives that are hard or things that we've done or things that have happened that makes our heart hard. Because it's time to root out bitterness, disappointment. These are some of the things that Tony mentioned. Failed relationships, unforgiveness, legalism, over-familiarity. Sometimes we're so used to the Holy Spirit, we just presume. He goes with us everywhere. At least he certainly wants to. He's walking here today. He walks with us when we go to work. The Holy Spirit. I think he's bringing us really back to that intimacy. Sometimes the disinterest, so much going on, or I'm weary, I'm tired, I've got a lot to do. That again. All these things just gradually make our hearts harder. Cynicism. Oh, yeah, well, I've prayed for revival before, and believe you me, I've been there. Yes, I've prayed for revival. Nothing's happened. I've prayed for my family. Nothing's happened. But you know, God is still on the case. He's still working. But it changes our hearts. Distrust of people, situations, fear, anxiety, past herds, idolatry. If we're sometimes away, we might go to a shopping center on a Sunday morning. <gasps> you don't do that, do you? And the number of people that are there, other things that they're doing that that's in the way of God, of having a relationship with him. Sport, money, music, clothes. Yes, I love clothes. I love seesaw. I love God more. But it's what we put into our lives that becomes the idol. I can't go to church this evening because I have to do this or I have to do that. And sometimes that's valid and I'm pointing no fingers at anybody because I've got three pointing back at me if I do that. But sometimes that's an excuse as opposed to a reason. It's just easier to do that. And I really am not getting at anybody. If this convicts you, that's fine, but I'm not condemning. God doesn't condemn. It's just to make us think, plowing up that hard ground, sin, idolatry. It's quite endless, really. I'm sure you can put your own things in there that might have made your hard your heart half-hearted. I think I'll have a drink while I'm at that point. Hearts hard-hearted. There we go. Managed it. So that's where we got to last week that Tony sort of started us on. But then it goes on with Hosea that it's time to seek the Lord. You don't often get that burning, pushing, it is time to seek the Lord. But actually, over the last few months in the city and in, in CLC, it is time to seek the Lord. We have an opportunity 
we have the potential that God has put into us, a seed for revival. We have to choose to work with it. Okay? And in Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And I read this, and I've read it so many times. And when I looked at it at different versions, it keeps saying, and know my anxious thoughts. I often just quote it as, seek me, O Lord, and know my heart. Do you know what? That's not good enough. Because God wants to pinpoint things in my heart that are getting in the way, that are causing hard-heartedness. That means his word and purposes and spirit cannot penetrate as deep as it needs to. So I really feel today that God wants to do something on anxiety and concerns. Because I realize that God knows our anxieties. He wants us to have peace, to trust him in that relationship. He wants to help us in our anxiety. He doesn't say, get rid of anxiety and then come to me. I'll give you a big hug when you've got rid of your anxiety. That's not what God says. He says, come to me with your anxiety. I'll give you a big hug, and I'll tell you what, you'll be at peace. Anxiety gone. Amen? And God said that sometimes that anxiety makes us put a shell round us. I know sometimes I can be in a place of something or another, and, and I can put on a bit of a shell. And I think most of us can one way or another. And that's what we're talking about. Has to go. God can help us. Areas of our lives that were once productive for God. was what I saw as just lying waste and desolate like a field. It's just in our hearts. It's in our lives. It's not doing anything. It used to. It used to do so much this and so much that. And it's like, don't do that anymore because cynicism. Bitterness, disappointment. But God wants to get that big plow that Tony spoke about last week and go right through it. Dig it up because I've got better use for it, he says. So areas of our lives at once productive, lying waste, overgrown with weeds, rocks, thorns and stones, plowed up, ready to receive his seed, his word, his purposes and plans into our lives to become fruitful, increase his kingdom, so we can sow his word into others. It's no good if the word of God in our lives is just lying dormant and then we try to tell people how good it is. It's like, what's the fruit? The fruit of the spirit, the gifts of the, of the spirit. Peace, love, joy, strength. All of those things that we can get from God with the spirit. That's the fruit he wants to come out. As I said, we don't need all the answers. We don't need to have a massive vision. Don't need lots of biblical knowledge. We just need to know and trust that he loves us. It says if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, it can move a mountain. So do you know what? Just takes a little teeny beamy bit of faith to actually think God can change our circumstance. A little bit of faith that think that rock that's causing a blockage in my relationship, actually, it can be overturned if we allow God to plough up our fallow ground. 
And then in Joel 2, it says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Repent. Ask forgiveness. God's ready to listen, but it just allows our hearts to be softened. In the Old Testament, the practice was if you were um, repenting for something, you'd put sackcloth and ashes on and you'd go around looking really miserable. I am repenting. I want you to know it. Do I look sad? That's not what God's into. He doesn't want it to be an outward sign of an inward change. He wants it to be an inward change that comes out. An inward change that shows the world, I have peace. I have confidence. I know I'm forgiven. An outward sign that shows joy and strength and trusting God to the world. Amen. So to pray for that breakthrough that we want, we have to allow God to break in to our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can break in and then break out again. An inward change, softening our hearts, not just lip service. It's what the Sadducees and Pharisees used to say. Oh, well, I'm so good at this. I repent. But they were still very full of pride. It was still in their hearts. Didn't change their hearts. I don't want that. It doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't do God any good. That's not what God wants. He wants soft hearts. I'll leave that one with you. Intimacy, a deeper knowledge of God, a deeper relationship with him. God wants to take us deeper, to soften our hearts. This is where it gets risky. This may mean being vulnerable. <gasps> if anybody had ever said that to me about 30... 36, 37 years in church, you go to church and you might be vulnerable. It's like, what? I have to let people know me, the inner me, not the Sunday morning me. Be like I've just got out of bed and look a wreck, me. Tony's seen it. Not many of you have. I'm not going to do that. But it's that vulnerability that we will laugh, that we will cry together. You don't share it with everybody necessarily. But it's an accountability, it's a vulnerability that we are prepared to let the guard down, the wall, the hard-heartedness, and just say, this is me. This is who, this is what I am. And yeah, I'm still good at sort of putting up a little bit of a wall and a fence. Yes, I do it. I do have to repent of it. But actually, no, God is working. And I had a testimony to read. Okay, this is the testimony. And it says, over 20 years ago, we were in leadership, running a church. It's from a lady. It was going through the start of a difficult transition. And one day during breaking of bread, that's communion, a lady came up and asked for forgiveness from us as she'd been speaking with others against us. That was okay. I knew who she was, 
But it started such a problem for me. Who were the others? I felt I couldn't trust people. I shared, I was vulnerable at a leaders meeting, vulnerable to others, and was met with silence, nothing. I guess looking back at that, it was because some of the people in the room were involved in the backbiting that was going on. Other stuff was happening, and I got to the point, it was like having an archery bullseye target on my back with the sign, fire at will. It was painful, but over time, it got pushed down, covered over, and it was part of my life that had become fallow ground. Thorns had covered it up, the stones, the rocks, the arrowheads, were still there under the surface. They hadn't gone away. They'd just been pushed down. I could be quite prickly at times, but it was unplowed ground in my life, a hardness that should not and doesn't need to be there. Just recently, in a time of worship, in God's presence, I felt like the Holy Spirit doing microsurgery on me to carefully remove the arrowheads and leave the surface fresh and like new, restored to what it should be, productive, useful. This is what we are talking about, breaking up our fallow ground, taking out the stones, taking out the thorns, taking out the weeds, taking out those arrowheads, taking out those words that people have said to you allowing God to restore us. That's actually my testimony. And I wrote it in the third person, because you might think that, oh, I don't need to feel sorry for me. I didn't do it because I wanted you to feel sorry. I did it because it's a testimony to God's goodness. It's a testimony to victory over the darkness. It's a testimony that over time, things that are in our lives, God wants to deal with, to seek the Lord, to bring a change in our lives that gives us a righteousness, a standing that we can go out and we say, this is the truth. This is the way. Walk in it. God loves me enough to let Jesus die on the cross so that I could be whole and victorious, so I could know that I have a full life. And there might be some of you sitting here today or listening online and you think, do you know what? I've still got a problem with such and such. You have permission to be vulnerable today if you want to. It's not essential. But you might just want to tell a friend. Or you might, over the next few weeks in worship, just find that God's dealing with something. And it's like, oh. And it's like, do you know what? I never asked for that, but I'm so glad it happened. I am so glad it happened. Yeah, we went through a difficult time, but do you know what? It's a testimony to God's goodness. It's a testimony to how good he is and the work he wants to do to make us whole and restore us. Amen. So, Ezekiel 36, which actually came up in the prayer time today. Thank you, Anna. So I thought, do I include it, don't I? 
So it's time to allow our heart of stone to become a heart of flesh. In Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart. Amen. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. Wow. I will take out, out that doubt, that insecurity, that uncertainty, and I will put my spirit into you. That's God's promise. And then the nations around you will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed, replanted what was desolate, and I will do it. God wants to restore us. He wants to restore our city. He wants to restore our nation. That's what God's into, restoration. Which brings us to spiritual revival, showers of righteousness. God will pour out his blessing of peace and hope. And in Joel, it says, for the pastures in the wilderness are becoming green. I can look at Hereford and I can think, yes, it's springtime. It's becoming green. But in the supernatural, in the spiritual, it's becoming green. Trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yields their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice. Be happy. For he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers. That fruitfulness. That he'll plow up the land, the hard-heartedness, and he's going to put such generosity, such fruitfulness, such provision in there for us. And in Isaiah, he says, I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams in the dry ground. If you're thirsty, if you're just thinking, I'm weary, that was mentioned today as well. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and blessings on your descendants. And they will spring up like grass in a meadow by flowing streams. Wow. I don't have to be thirsty. I don't have to feel dry. I don't have to have areas of my life that are hard and haven't been watered because God's going to pour his blessing. God did pour his blessing. God will pour his blessing out. And in 2 Corinthians 1 and in Psalm 68, it talks about he will strengthen the weary. That came up today as well. In fact, I prayed with someone first thing because of weariness, because of tired. And you know, coming out of COVID and everything else, and I don't know about you, but everything seems to be just as busy as ever. And it's like, how did that happen? God is our refreshing. There will be times of refreshing in worship, in small groups. God is sending his refreshing because we need it. We don't need to be dry. He wants to refresh us. And it goes on to say in verse five, I say, I will say I belong to the Lord's. And I believe there's going to be people today, those listening online, and they're going to say, I belong to the Lord for the first time ever. Because God is softening their heart. I belong to God. And I remember when I first said that, I belong to God. He's my father. It's like, Wow. She didn't see the whole thing all at once. It's just how I felt. My heart was just bursting. It was like, wow! It was joy. It was love. It was life. It was like a whole new dimension. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God's love in action. 
Amen? Yeah? Okay. I'm just going to move on a little bit because whilst we're talking about plowing the land, I saw something else in it. So God's dealing with our hearts to soften them. But do you know what? Plowing is also a sign up. It's a preparation. Back last year, there was a, um, a vision that was given to the church about being pregnant with revival. We are in days of preparation. Prayer. But there's a story in the Bible of someone who was plowing. And it's Kings 19, verse 19. And it's the call of Elisha. So there were two very old prophets from the Bible, very often referred to. They would go to the kings and the people at the time and say, this is what God says. They were known as prophets. And it came to the time where Elijah, I have to get them in the right order, had to um, anoint the person who was coming after him. And the call of Elisha. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, he was plowing, wow, where have we heard plowing before? With 12 yoke of oxen, not just one, he was quite accomplished. And he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his coat around him. He then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I'm going to come with you. Go back, Elijah. What have I done? I was a little bit worried. So Elisha left him and went back. He took the yoke off his oxen. So he undid his oxen and he burnt them. But he fed them to the people. Because he had a heart of compassion that was softened. He had a heart for people. So he burnt his oxen and he gave that to feed the people. And he actually used the, the wood and the plow for the fire. There was no way he was ever going to go back to plowing. He knew the calling of God on his life. He was not going back. So God wants our hearts softened and ready because he's going to give us hope. Some of us, we're going to have a change of direction. I hope you're ready for it. Some people, a softness of heart to know their calling. It took several years before Elijah was ready but he was physically plowing. He was prepared when Elisha went to find him. He needed to know how to be holy and tell the people how to be holy, to have their relationship restored. And the last thing I'm going to just finish on before we move into a time of ministry is that it says in Psalm 1 through 6, those who sow in tears, harvest in shouts of joy. And sometimes we can think, oh, it's really hard and it's hard to sow. But you know what? There's a harvest coming and it's a harvest that's going to be shouts of joy. And it's going to be, oh, look what's happening here. Like when I shared with Revive at the start, look what's happening. It's like, wow, this is what God's doing. And that's going to happen more and more. So. I'm going to finish there. We're going to have a time of ministry um, to know God's intimacy deeper. 
that Jesus can restore relationships between us and God, to take away that hardness of heart, faith to move stones, boulders, thorns in our lives that don't need to be there, to know his reign of blessing, his Holy Spirit, righteousness, peace, and joy. Search me, O God, to know my anxieties. God wants to deal with those anxieties. doesn't want you to wait. To deal with those anxieties with fear to bring peace. And for you to start to know your calling, your purposes, and your plan as you plough. So I'm going to pray. In fact, I'd like to ask everyone to stand up. If that's possible, if you can stand up, if you can't sit down, it's not a, it's not a do or a don't. And I'm just going to pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are a good, good father. I thank you that you are a God that brings strength, comfort and security. Father, I just pray at this time that we give you permission to just come into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds, and just, just be there to make us stronger, to give us that joy, to take away that anxiety, and to just come into the fullness and the fruitfulness that you have for us. Father, we give permission to be vulnerable, that if you want to cry or you want to laugh, do you know what? Don't worry about it because God is here by his spirit. He will just come and like he did with me, just pinpoint and very carefully with his spirit, just bring out or deal with what he needs to. Father, we thank you.